0: DNVR presents. The pitch is hit again to left field. It's got a chance. It's gone. Minor League Mondays. Your weekly look at some homegrown guys who are trying to make their way up to the big leagues. And here's your host, Patrick Lyons. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by Mile High Green Cross. Sign up for their loyalty program and receive 20% off your entire purchase once per month. They're located at 9th and Broadway, and yes, they do accept hypher, so no cash is needed. You'll be in and out in nine minutes at Mile High Green Cross. Welcome to the working week. It is Minor League Monday, and I am your host, Patrick Lyons. And we've got three segments to go through today. We're going to look at the general updates we have in Major League Baseball and Minor League Baseball. There is some news out there in the world as we're all trying to stay safe during this time. We're also going to dive into the Minor League portion of this. This is one of my goals that I've had since we've created Minor League Mondays. And that is figuring out, breaking down how top 100 lists are created. How do they create top 30 lists for each organization and who creates those lists? And finally, our last segment is something that will be very much recurring throughout the weeks and months ahead. It will be our first edition of the Retrospective Prospect. We're going to take a look back at a prospect for the Colorado Rockies and see what certain prognosticators of prospects thought about this young player before he started making an impact for the Colorado Rockies. And we'll also begin to feature players that didn't quite pan out for the organization. But let's go ahead and start with our general updates, news, and notes around the game of baseball here in America On Saturday, our president spoke with the top heads of all professional sports here in America and essentially told them that there's a hope for sports and society to get back to normal in about August and September. It seems rather wild that only a couple weeks ago there was talk of us coming back and seeing baseball maybe mid or late May and now we're looking further down the line, three to four months. That's how much this has kind of gotten out of hand, let's face it. The NFL is seemingly good to go um, and, and continue with their regular season as planned. Again, that's if everything goes well. But what does that mean for Major League Baseball? Well, in order to make the 2020 season substantial enough I imagine there would have to be at least 81 games and one of the ways that Major League Baseball is going to do this is going to be with alternate sites since there is a travel ban between the United States and Canada the Toronto Blue Jays simply cannot exist in Toronto there's no way to get players from the other American League East cities up to Toronto for players in Toronto to get Back to America, so they would have to play the entirety of their home games in Dunedin, Florida, where they play spring training as part of the Grapefruit League. And furthermore, it might be that all of Major League Baseball is played at spring training facilities, potentially even with no fans. There is still so far that we need to go before we can understand what type of normalcy. Can we get back to? So, if Major League Baseball plays in Arizona and Florida only, what does that mean for the playoff structure? What does that mean for the National League and American League? Can the Rockies fly to Bradenton, Florida, in order to play the Pittsburgh Pirates as they would have six times during the regular season? Can the Pirates fly to Arizona? That's unclear. Will the Rockies, in their 81-game schedule, be forced to play the Kansas City Royals 15 times because they are also in Arizona? Or will they be forced to play only the National League teams that are a part of the Cactus League? Still a lot of time and a lot of things to figure out before we get there. One thing that is certainly canceled has been the London series. That was scheduled to take place on June 13th and 14th. Last year, of course, was phenomenal success between the Yankees and Red Sox. This year was going to be probably the second best rival in all of baseball. And that is the Cardinals against the Cubs. Unfortunately, that has already been canceled as that is now just two months down the line in the middle of June. There's one other notable game at an alternate site. Taking place this year. I'm not talking about the Little League Classic, but that is the Field of Dreams game on August 13th. As of right now, that is okay. The Field of Dreams game, of course, takes place in Dyersville, Iowa, at the site of the actual filming of the Field of Dreams. And it's going to be played between the Chicago White Sox and the New York Yankees. It's one game, one and done. There's going to be a, fil- a field build on the site and the stadium is going to stay there for folks to be able to use in that area. It's, it's a fantastic project being orchestrated by a, one of our own here in the Rocky Mountain State in the Rocky Mountain chapter, Dan Evans. He's doing a fantastic job of that. And the Players Association, I got to say, They've done a fantastic job with approving payments to major leaguers that were non-roster invites. Last week, we discussed a little about some of Major League Baseball's payment plans to minor leaguers and major leaguers, but one class of ballplayers that was not discussed were the non-roster invites. Players like Ubaldo Jimenez, who's had numerous years of service time at 11 or so professional seasons, yet he wasn't on a major league contract. And he wasn't quite a minor league ball player. He was caught in the middle. Well, a subcommittee actually approved payment to some of those non-roster invites. And ultimately, these payments that are going to be made in April and May will be for players that were from zero to one years of service time. We're going to get $5,000 one to two years, $7,500 for April and May, and it going all the way up to a player like Ubaldo Jimenez, who has six-plus years of service time, he would receive payment of about $50,000. Major League Baseball also announced that the wages of minor league baseball players, sidelines by these shutdowns, are going to go through May 31st, or the beginning of the 2020 MILB season. So they're going to try and make right by the minor leaguers and pay them if that means that the minor league season doesn't begin until August or possibly September and a big league and minor league season goes into November, well, they will make sure that they take care of those players and that's that's a real positive thing to see. It was also announced that MLB has begun to relax some of their restrictions placed upon pro scouts, amateur scouts. Up to this point, once they started shutting some things down, the amateur scouts were unable to make contact and have anything to do with players, anything to do with the guys that they've been scouting now for anywhere from, you know, 1 to 4 years. Got to keep in mind is that some ball players in soft as sophomores they might begin to get identified as players worth tracking and if they enter into college after maybe it's their even their junior year as I said it could be five to six years that these players are tracked by scouts and that was shut down completely but they have begun to relax the restrictions players and scouts are not allowed to you know get together of course and there's no way for them to or I should say it's not allowed for scouts to ask players to attend any kind of workouts, games or tryouts, for you know scouts to observe remotely or to to watch live online, anything like that. They they can't you know coordinate anything like that, but scouts can now, you know, call players, text them, use Zoom if they're if they're video conferencing to communicate with these players. They can send out assessments, they can do psychological evaluations. You know, much like in, in the NFL, they've got the Wonderlick test for players to see how you know street smart or how game smart they are with the sport. Well, this goes on in baseball too. In each organization, they may have their own evaluation systems and metrics ultimately to figure out who they're going to take. So it's nice to see that the scouts and the players who are missing out on playing time, they're able to kind of get back to some sense of normalcy and start to think about their future because that's the one thing I think that the novel coronavirus has really taken from us and our society is thinking and planning about the future because right now it's so much about the present. The MLB draft, as previously discussed on Minor League Monday, is going to be anywhere between June 10th, the original date, And July 20th, the exact date and number of rounds, is unknown. We know that it can be as short as five rounds. And anyone taken after the fifth round will ultimately be forced to take $20,000. They're not going to be forced to sign, but if they do sign, they will be limited to only $20,000. And they won't even be receiving all of that $20,000 up front. They will get a, a fraction of that, and then over the next two years they will be paid out. So some of these players, their families have made a lot of investments on their playing careers, and as much as they would have liked to have purchased a house or uh, pay off the mortgage for their parents for all of the sacrifice and commitment they made to their own career, they're not going to be able to do that if they are selected after the fifth round should the draft be shortened to that. It, it may go 20, 25, 30 rounds, but it definitely seems that Major League Baseball wants to shorten the draft. As one scouting director spoke to Baseball America recently, they said, quote, I don't have a problem with cutting the draft back to 25 or 30 rounds. You're still drafting enough players to fill out the short season rosters. So they are thinking about the short-season leagues. He goes on to say, that creates a much bigger pool of free agent possibilities. And Quite honestly, it gets to be nauseating in the 35th round to find a player who's worth a selection. If you go back and look over the last several years, a lot of the players selected after the 35th round for the Rockies are Colorado kids, or players that the organization doesn't really think they're going to be able to sign, but it's a way to maybe extend an olive branch and start a relationship. For example, this past year, the Rockies selected, actually it was 2018, they selected Kumar Rocker, who was one of the top prep pitchers. And if you watch any of the College World Series last year, 2019, you saw him absolutely dominate for Vanderbilt. Well, he was selected in the 36th round, and his he had full intentions to go to Vandy, and that's exactly what he did. But Colorado drafted him. Hey, thanks. Appreciate that. That's a little something I could put on my resume, so to speak. Maybe it got their foot in the door and make a phone call, and again, it it starts to maybe build a relationship in the future. But a lot of those guys selected the 36th round or later are not players that end up even signing with the organization. Finally, this scout who spoke to Baseball America said, once you get to the 36th round, it's not good. You're better off doing a workout a week after the draft where your scouts invite undrafted players. So somewhat of a combine type situation for less than desirable players, but players who nevertheless deserve an opportunity and can get to the forefront and you know, possibly have a successful pro career or at least a cup of coffee and... I don't know about you out there, but if, if you've ever had a dream to play baseball, and I imagine even now, even if you're 50 years old, you would probably kill for that cup of coffee. You would, you would love to just sit on a bus to go from a hotel to a big league stadium to stand on that field, have a game of catch, sit in the bullpen, hope that maybe your number gets called, and even if it doesn't, that's okay. You had that moment and if that's all it's going to be for for some of those guys they're still going to sign up and play the next 5 plus years trying to fulfill that dream and maybe that dream can become a reality on the coaching side we saw that with a young up and coming coach in the organization for the Rockies by the name of Warren Schaefer he was able to top out I think with with a couple games that at triple a but ultimately he wasn't able to make it to the majors as a player but his prospect and his potential for making the majors as a coach right now is really darn high it's really good and he would not have had that opportunity had he not continued playing deep into his career and been fine with being a role player And I think a lot of guys taken after the 35th round, I think a lot of guys possibly even taken after the 20th round are going to be really happy with having such an opportunity as that. One opportunity I know many of you will be happy with, that's Breckenridge Brewery and the farmhouse. And to be able to go there and actually get some of their fantastic food because they're rocking and rolling right now still. You can get a meal. You can even get a beer from the farmhouse, believe it or not. You can use code DNVR to save $5 off your meal. They're going to bring it right out to your car for you. It's going to be super easy. And let's face it, we all like delivery. But right now, just getting out of the house and going for a drive is fantastic. I know plenty of my friends around here in Boulder, they've taken the drive down to Littleton and gone to the farmhouse, particularly to pick up that 15-can sampler. So it's from 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. You can give them a call at 303-803-1380. Check out the Breck Beer Locator so you get the exact brew that you want. It's the official beer of DNVR and... It's probably the official cheese curds of DNVR too, I must say, because they've got some cheese curds on their menu that are absolutely delicious. So make sure you support them because they support us. Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits is another great opportunity that you can check out. They've got curbside or delivery only starting right now, and that's fine because you can get Breck's delicious 15-can sampler as well. Download their app today for some incredible deals. They've got a loyalty program, which means they're trying to kick back even more discounts to you. Again, download the Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits app for incredible deals and sign up for their loyalty program today. Well, let's get into how prospect lists are created. It's simple, but it's not. <laughs> so prospects are rated on a 20 to 80 scale since we're talking about 20 to 80 a medium grade would of course be 50 smack dab in the middle and as you go up every 10 points on a grade that's another standard deviation and it becomes even more rare to find a player of that caliber so for example for a player to get a grade of a 75 to 80 which is relatively rare because even with a top top prospect there are still some doubt or there's still some room for that player to make growth so right now in in the game when you're talking about you know 75 to 80 players you're talking about Mike Trout you're talking about Cody Bellinger you're talking about Christian Yelich guys who can you know do it all around the game right Jacob deGrom he would be that on the pitching side okay then you can dip down to the second tier, 65 to 70. If you have anywhere from like a 55 to 60 range, that's just you know a, a first division regular, right? That That's a guy that you know you can rely on, you can count on. At, at this point, you could probably say that would be a David Dahl type player. For pitchers, that might be a number three starter, right? So you might say, okay, Herman Marquez, you would probably put a, a 60 grade on him. And it gets lower and lower and ultimately if if you're not given a, a grade of thirty five to forty, that just minimizes your potential to probably crack the majors and make a difference. Because frankly, if you are that far below the medium, right? Or the median at, at fifty as an average ball player, well, then that's a you s you're you're gonna lose your spot. You're not going to stick around. You may have to go from team to team. We've seen that with Pat Vileka, who was quality ball player. He's shown flashes. He would love to be an everyday regular, and I think there's still that potential there for Pat uh, Patty Barrels. But right now, he would probably be more like a 35-grade player. Now, on top of those grades, there is also something you might call an overall future potential or risk factor, right? There's risk factor in all players, and the lower down a player is, the more risk there comes. Rockies have a you know, good scouting department and good scouting program in the Dominican Republic as well as Venezuela, and there have been countless players that they've given some big signing bonuses to with, between Jonathan Herrera and Roselle Herrera, And they haven't gotten back that investment. They were the the best of young Latin players at 16, 17, 18 years old. But you're still a long way from the major. So sometimes on these lists, you might end up seeing a player who is in AAA in the top 10 rankings of your organization and you might say to yourself, Wow, I didn't realize this guy was that good. Well, you know, he might not be that great. He might be more of a forty player, but he's that close to the majors. So there's there's low risk factor, right? It's not as extreme. So they might not have a high ceiling. They might be the the sixth best prospect in your organization, but they don't have quite as high of a ceiling. So like you look at a guy like Brendan Rogers, since he was drafted in 2016 he's been at the top of the organization immediately now there was a lot of risk there because he was coming right out of high school he wasn't even coming out of college he was coming straight out of high school however he had so many skills there so much better than a lot of other players that even if his development does get stunted along the way he's still going to be able to contribute you think of a guy like Riley Pint, who, for for all that has been made of his selection, he has not really produced the way the organization has hoped, and frankly, that's that's all right in a sense. Now, Pint was was taken third overall in the. 2016 draft. Brendan Rogers was of course in the 2015 draft. Pint was actually fourth in the 2016 draft but you know he's had some arm issues and although Pint might not be the you know number one or number two starter that they were hoping he'd become much like John Gray has essentially developed into that front of the rotation starter for the organization. Pint has such great skills that if and when the time comes for him to be converted to a relief pitcher, and ultimately I think that was what the outcome of this season was going to be, he can still be a contributing member of a big league bullpen. Now we'll we'll see what happens this offseason because he does need to be added to the 40-man roster or else he could potentially get poached by someone in the Rule 5 draft. But because he hasn't seen... Really, anything above low A, I think it's it's pretty safe to assume that he still has a lot more to go. Not impossible, but a lot more to go. Now MLB Pipeline is probably the most notable of the prospect prognosticators, as you probably see it popping up every once in a while when you go to MLB.com. And the guys over there do a fantastic job and, and they've been scouting for quite a long time but they are just two of the evaluators they work together for mlb pipeline but they are just two of the evaluators that will come up with these rankings and each evaluator to a man has a different scale that they might utilize to come up with their top 100 list and top 30 lists for each team Fangraphs is another one that's, I think, pretty respective. They use an interesting system called Kato, K-A-T-O-H, and don't have quite enough time to go into all that, but if if you were really craving some more information about how prospect rankings go about and the metrics that are used to project these players, Fangraphs is a really good one. They explain their process really, really well. As I mentioned before, Baseball America is another one of the, the top three, I would say. Baseball Prospectus does their own thing. ESPN is really taking a step forward in their projections with Kylie McDaniel, who was previously with Fangraphs. Keith Law does this for The Athletic. He was previous with, previously with ESPN. So there are a lot of different sources out there that you can look to try to make these projections. And... The bottom line is that regardless of where a player is listed in a top 100 list or in a top 30 list, the only list that really matters is that of the person sitting across from you at the negotiating table when you're trying to make a trade, right? When you are saying, look, I'm interested in your guy. Who do you want out of our system? Let's play hardball. Here's who we are not willing to give up this player. Even right now, there are GMs out there that would love to get their hands on Brendan Rodgers, even though he's coming off an injury-shortened season, and he still hasn't proven himself as a full-time big leaguer. He's got a way to go for that, but there are still some GMs out there that would be interested in having him on their club, and he's one of those bargaining chips that the Rockies have to say, well is what I'm getting going to be more valuable to us than what we're giving up? Or depending on the timeline, does that work out? If we've got a guy like Eddie Diaz or Julio Carrera, both middle infielders who finished up their first season in America with the Grand Junction Rockies, now they've got 4 or 5 more years until they're up in the majors. If the Rockies believe that their window to contend is right now and they should and I think they do, then you say, "Okay, you know, we could be given up on a guy who or guys who, you know, could have maybe an all-star season or two in their career. They they don't necessarily project to be superstars at this point, but they could be two three-time all-stars." Are we willing to give that up? Well, yes, because we want to win a, a National League West pennant and we want to try to go deep into the playoffs. So we'll forego future value for present major league value. And and the team that they are negotiating with is going to be able to recognize, hey, wait a minute, you know, it's going to be four or five years before we see these guys in the major leagues, and we got to put a quality product on the field for our fans. So yeah, maybe, maybe these guys are your top middle infield prospects, but we're going to need a little bit more than that. And that's why you don't typically have one prospect prospect for one major leaguer in a trade. It doesn't typically work like that. They've got evaluation systems to balance these things out and figure out how to make the right deal. But again, those lists are, are fun, fun for the fans to make. It's fun for me to make these things up and figure out who I would put in my top 30. Those of you that have been listening know that Alan Trejo is one of those guys that I don't think I've seen on a top 30 list. And I've been banging the drum for Alan Trejo since the beginning of 2018. And here he is on the precipice about to start the season in AAA and did a a bang-up job in spring training this year so i think that is definite oversight by a lot of these prognosticators because right now i mean even if you look at his 2019 season in hartford you got to say all right he's going to be one step away from the major leagues next year and sure maybe the bat leaves a little to be desired but the kid can pick it He can play great defense. He's starting to play a little bit of second base. So he's got value, and that should be reflected in the top 30 list of the organization. And when you want to make sure that you reflect well upon yourself, first off, you got to get yourself some swag from DNVR at the dnvrlocker.com. That knucklehead t-shirt is fantastic that's the latest thing to drop in our store and you want to reflect on yourself and feel good about yourself then you need to make sure you're using manscaped especially with their new lawnmower 3.0 they've got advanced skin safe technology they've got this box that comes with all kinds of fantastic stuff it's the perfect package 3.0 kit it's got some deodorant in there for you it's got some some cologne that will not not burn you <laughs> it's uh, some spray on on toner it's got some witch hazel extracts and aloe uh, it's really nice smells great and you can actually get 20% off with the code dnvr20 at manscape.com. again 20% off with code dnvr20 actually throwing free shipping too on top of all that well as promised I wanted to start a new little segment for us where we go back and look at what Baseball America in particular, that's who we're going to use today, what they thought of a certain Rockies prospect a long time ago. And let's see if their projection was correct. So the first thing and maybe the most glaring thing that jumps out in reading The review of Mr. Nolan Arenado, who was their number one prospect for the Rockies in Colorado's organization. And when you look at overall top 100 lists, a lot of them had Nolan in the top 50. Jim Callis, who now works for MLB Pipeline, he had Nolan Arenado at at 42. J.J. Cooper, still with Baseball America, did not have Arenado. On his top 50 overall prospects, he did have David Dahl at 42nd. Will Lingo also did not have Arenado, but did have David Dahl at 38. John Manuel had Arenado at 46th overall. Now keep in mind, there's a lot of great players on this list that are ahead of Nolan Arenado. Not all of who are none all of whom are are better than Nolan Arenado. I mean, even if you look at number forty-one on Jim Callis' list, Chris Archer's there, Jorge Soler, Lucas Giolito. These are these are quality ball players who have uh, all three of those guys have, I believe, an All-Star game under their belt. If Soler didn't last year, he certainly should have. Albert Almora, who's more of a defensive whiz, but there are a couple names of players who you may not have you may not have ever heard of that were deemed to be better prospects than Nolan Arenado, who, at this point in 2013, was coming off a fantastic season, but a fantastic season nonetheless in Double A. Now, his power numbers weren't quite there. He only hit 12 home runs in 134 games after previously hitting 20 home runs and driving in 122 RBIs in the hitter-friendly Cal League with the Modesto Nuts. But nevertheless... Nolan Arenado, the number one prospect. Here's what Baseball America had to say. This is the most glaring thing that jumped out. It says, after the 2010 season, so after two years as a pro, the Rockies expected Arenado to move to first base because he was such a defensive liability at the hot corner. I'll repeat that. The Rockies expected Arenado to move to first base because he was such a defensive liability at the hot corner with minimal range and no feel for the position. But he got in better shape, worked hard on his first-step quickness, and blossomed into a quality third baseman. Oh, how do you like that? He's a quality third baseman. Well, seven gold gloves later at the hot corner, three platinum gloves later at third base, and I think just maybe Baseball America didn't quite nail that prognostication. Again, this is part of the growth that minor leaguers can have is that they are not finished products. They are not guys that can't continue to show growth and work on their game and learn things from their peers. We know that as hard as Troy Tulowitzki may have been on Nolan Arenado, that helped develop and make him the player that he is today. They, they still talk. Arenado and Tulowitzki. because that Troy is, is, is Nolan Arenado's big brother, and he always will be. Troy had been around the game for a while. We know he could pick it at shortstop. We know how hard Tulowitzki worked, and if you didn't work as hard as he did, then there's a problem. And so Nolan had to work that hard, and he still works that hard to this day, and you see the results because of it. Going back to that 2012 season in Tulsa in Double A, before the Double A affiliate of the Rockies was the Hartford Yard Goats, Baseball America said this that Nolan had to watch other players in the Double A Texas League with Tulsa get promoted, including Tulsa teammate Josh Rutledge in mid July. During a mid-season conference call with Rockies season ticket holders, GM Dan O'Dowd said that Arenado's quote, maturity level still hasn't caught up with his ability level. Which sent the player into another funk. In the month of July, his slash line was 165, 252, 272. So his on-base percentage, he was getting on-base once out of every four times and getting a hit once out of every seven times. But in August he snapped out of it hit 358 375 569 slug so you know we we see what adversity can do to players in their growth we see what can happen when you're doubted and let's face it Nolan Arenado right here even after 4 years of of success in pro ball and advancing every single year he had his doubters and rightfully so and rightfully so. That's what happens when you're a young ball player is that you have improvements and things that you need to work on and you need to live life and you need to learn from life. And Nolan is a fantastic example of what can happen when you do those things. When you, when you work hard, when you put so much into the game, you, a lot of times, can get that much out of it and more. Nolan was a second-round pick, not a first-round pick, even even guys who get taken fifteenth overall, they have a chip on their shoulder. They weren't number one. Even guys, I'm sure that are the the first overall pick, they've got to force a chip on their shoulder, whatever it may be. How you know they didn't get to start on Friday nights in Division One at their college and university, and they say I, I should have been or maybe you know they were the number 2 starter in their freshman year in high school whatever it is whatever you got to use to motivate you it's what you got to do and Nolan absolutely did that and he should get and deserve all the credit in the world but it's interesting going back and seeing that snapshot seeing what the prognosticators had to say about him where his trajectory might possibly take him and what he might be good for going forward on the big league club and Nolan has been everything and then some no two ways about it so we're going to do that probably as our final segment each week as we go forward that's going to be exciting and it might not be exciting if I I pick out some names that we don't know because they never made it to the majors yet they received a big signing bonus and they were selected rather high in the draft but that's all a part of the learning process of, of tempering expectations at times when there's a, a shiny new toy in your organization from a draft, and how you know prospects are cool, but parades are cooler. Casey Stern of MLB Network, love saying that. I love hearing it, and I love repeating it. Prospects are cool, but parades are cooler, and coolest of all is probably Bojo's. Yeah the place with the one true Colorado mountain pie. They are one of our supporting partners, so please go support them. (laughs) Check this out. You actually can get 30% off your takeout when you ask for it. So just ask for it. You don't even have to say the magic word DNVR, but of course they know because we work together. We're, We're tag team partners through this craziness. They've got six different locations all around Colorado. And they also, for those of you that are having a hard time finding options based upon whatever diet you might be on, they've got gluten-free, they've got cheeseless, and they've got some plant-based options. Of course, they've got salads too that they can pack. They're, they're fantastic. Their salad bar is, is really great. It's, it's always fun just kind of loading up your plate, stacking it as much as you want. Well, while you might not be able to do that exactly, you just got to tell them what you want, and they'll stack it up nice and high for you. Again, Bojo's at six different locations. Make sure you mention the 30% off discount, and they're going to do it. They're going to hook you up real nice. For the sports column question of the week, I want to know what prospect do you want to learn more about in the past? We're not going to go back to the future. We're going to go forward By looking into the past. Yeah, that makes sense, I think. (laughs) That makes a lot of sense. But who do you want to hear about? Whose grades do you want to learn about? Is it Trevor Story? Is it David Dahl? Is it John Gray when he got drafted? Known as Jonathan Gray? Do you want to hear about Eddie Butler? What did they talk about with Todd Helton? Before he became number 17 up in the rafters out there in right center field at Coors Field? Or is there a guy that was the big what-if, the guy that got away that never really developed into that big prospect, yet you saw them play maybe in Modesto, maybe in Tri-City up in the Pacific Northwest, or maybe you went out to a Casper Ghosts game and you saw someone play and you said, oh man, this is going to be the guy Driving down I-90, I I 25, I'm going to go see this guy play at Coors Field in a couple years, but it never happened. Let us know. Go to thednvr.com and make sure you leave that comment and question there for us. And I'll make sure I get to it next week, or else my name isn't Patrick Lyons. And it is. And my handle is at Patrick D. Lyons on Twitter. My brothers of conjunction, well, there's only one, and it's at Drew Creaseman. Also, follow us both at the D, no, at DNVR underscore Rockies. And hey, what do you say we do this again next week?